Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process, to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being human. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. Hey everyone, welcome back to yet another solo episode of the Real Story Podcast. Joe and I have been running into some scheduling snags just with real life. We have some real life stuff going on between the two of us. So we have been toggling a bit back and forth, but I happen to love solos. I love doing the duos as well, but today... We're going to get into some fun stuff, but before we do, I just wanted to share a bit of news and a couple of reminders. So we love doing this podcast. It is so much fun and has kind of gotten this little fun cult-ish following, but our podcast cannot grow and people will not know about it unless you subscribe, rate, review, comment, and share. It means so much to us when people share these episodes, but really just clicking that button, leaving a quick review makes all the difference. In other news, I would be so grateful if all the listeners of this podcast would subscribe or consider subscribing to either the Right Way newsletter, which comes at you weekly, where we are bringing recaps of the podcast, um, and just kind of what's going on in our business um, with Rightway and, and what we're doing and what services we're offering or <laughs> at this point kind of not offering as we are moving a bit further away from client work. Or if you want to hear from me directly, I am restarting my reafry.com newsletter to bring you book news specifically and just kind of what's going on behind the scenes of my writer life. Um, As many of you know, after a kind of tumultuous four book deal with St. Martin's Press, I landed a two book deal with HarperCollins, which is so exciting for my upcoming book that will come out next fall. We don't have a tentative date, but I will share that as soon as I know it. This book is called The Other Year, and it is probably one of the most emotional books I have ever written. And I am so excited to bring that to life. But as I was, you know, kind of diving into a little bit more book club fiction, contemporary fiction, I did realize that I still wanted to write suspense slash thriller, actually leaning more into thriller, quite frankly. And so I had worked on a book called The Lost Husband, whose title, that title will change. And I wrote a partial manuscript. Now, a lot of people may not know when you are selling fiction, you typically write the entire book. It needs to be polished, edited. We've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about that. And you you pitch the whole thing. You pitch the book, a fully intact book. Sometimes if you are an established writer, you can pitch what is called a partial manuscript. Uh, It's a much harder sell um, and a lot of editors just want to see 
the full thing. Now with nonfiction, you know, you, you sell it based on the proposal. So I've always wondered like, well, why can't fiction writers do the same thing? So I wrote about 50 pages of this thriller, this thriller slash suspense book and put together a synopsis and my agent shopped it. And quite frankly, I kind of forgot about it. We put it out into the world and I was so busy with other things. I forgot about it. And then we got an offer it's a good one. It's with a publisher I have been so interested in, and I'm not going to announce it fully. I'm not going to announce all the details until it is signed, sealed, and delivered. But this is all to say, I just got another book deal on top of the two book deal. So I, so this brings me to a long-winded way to bring us to the topic today, which is how do you identify? And you know, there's there's been a lot of conversations around identity and how we identify lately with our genders, our pronouns, our professions, who we are inside of our home or outside of our home. And I'm a little bit in the minority here in that I have never wanted to label myself, um, ever. I don't know why. I just don't like to cling to a specific label or to be put in a box because as a creative, you know, part of being creative is being able to flow from one thing to the next, from one identity to the next. And that really does shift and change over time. And in my household, you know, I grew up in a very uh, creative, kind of loose household where there weren't a lot of rigid schedules and rules. And everybody in my household was creative. We had music nights where we each played different instruments. My father is a fantastic writer. My brother can play every instrument. My mother is a pianist. Um, And we used to just have so much fun creating. And then... You know, as I got older, my my brother, who's four years older than me, he graduated college early and has had one job his entire life. He is a music teacher at Father Ryan High School here in Nashville and Holy Rosary Middle School. And he has maintained that job since he was 20 years old, literally 20 years old, one job. And so when he identifies, he identifies as a teacher. I am a teacher. He is also a musician, has been in a bunch of different bands. Um, and that has been his life is, is music. And he is in this one lane. And I find that when we identify with one part of our being that we can often shut off all these other possibilities. And this is never more apparent than when we go to a party or an event and you're meeting someone and what's the first damn question we ask? What do you do? I hate that question and yet I ask it all the time. Not what do you do for fun? What lights you up? Like, tell me about the last trip you went on. You know, there's so many more interesting things we could talk about, but instead we t- we identify with what we do for money, what we do for work. And That has been an interesting road for me to travel on um, in my life because as we've talked about at length on this podcast, you know, calling yourself a writer can feel really hard to do if you haven't been quote unquote traditionally published, if you haven't hit it big, if you're not putting your work out there, 
being able to say, I am a writer is hard. And uh, say in the same sense is, you know, a lot of people like might have a hard time saying I am an artist, I'm a musician, I am a creative. Um, when I started identifying as a writer, I was probably in high school and then, you know, going to college, but I was also so many other things besides just a writer. I was a gymnast. I, you know, danced for a long time. I did track and field. I was a personal trainer. Um, I'd always been an athlete and I used to identify as that, but I also was a musician for most of my young life. And that's like a part of myself that I, I've i forgotten. I used to love French and took French for many years and spent six weeks in Paris and, you know, loved learning that language and then kind of like forgot about that. And then I used to love traveling and travel writing. I still love traveling, but really was getting into that part of myself and then kind of shut that off. And then I was a journalist and all of these different things. And I, as I have gotten older and as I have become a published author, and I can say that I am a published author, there sometimes is a little bit of a murky area when trying to clearly state this is who I am and this is what I do in terms of branding and marketing yourself. Now, a lot of people who listen to this podcast want to be writers, are writers, or published authors, or might be curious about this type of life. And it gets a little tricky when you do have to brand yourself. You do have to market yourself. You have to be so clear about who you are. And I have found it very hard to identify just as one thing. It's just like my husband, you know, who's had a very up and down career in the design world. He has been a graphic designer, an illustrator, a UI UX designer. His master's is in computer graphics and animation. He's done a million different things. Now he's leaning into kind of the artist side of himself, but he is also a um, apparel designer and all these different things. And so if he just says, I am a designer, a lot of people don't know what that means. And if I say, I am a writer... A lot of people don't know what that means either. So recently I have decided that I am going to kind of re refresh my entire author platform, really starting from scratch and building out who my ideal reader is, how I'm going to market to them, what I really want from myself as an author but then there's this whole other side of me that is a business owner. And how do I weave that into the narrative? So when I look at how I identify, I'm like, well, I am a fiction writer. And before that, I was a nonfiction writer, which I just never even talk about. I write women's fiction and book club fiction. I write suspense and thriller. I do still really love nonfiction. And then I run a business for primarily nonfiction writers who want to get published. So when I show up in the world, which part of that am I announcing? What am I leading with? And about a few months ago, when I hit burnout status with my business, I was like, I don't want to be a CEO anymore. I don't want to run a business. I don't want to manage people. 
I want to focus on my books and my brand and, and building things up that way. And saying that also involves a lot of risk. When you put more stock into your own creative life, there's a lot on the table. You know, with Right Way, primarily, historically, that is where the consistent money has been, even if it's very up and down and based on referral only and and all of that. It It's something that I've been able to count on. And if I want to identify more as an author instead of a business owner, what does that mean for me financially? What does that mean for me out in the world? What What does that mean, period? And why do we have to pick a side <laughs> and show up that way? You know, one of my dear friends, Jessica Zweig, who has been on this podcast, has a very successful podcast of her own, a very successful business, is an author. You know, personal branding is her, that's her business. And, you know, she she was always talking about and has always talked about how important it is to be clear about your message, a message and show up who you are as you, as you are who you are. And... You know, outside of writing, like the past couple of years, I've been on this massive, massive healing journey to like get to the root of what is really trapped <laughs> inside my body and what is going on. And I realized that there's this whole other part of my identity that feels way more important even than the writing side. Um it's interesting because I, I recently did a podcast um, here in Nashville, went in studio to video it. It was so great. And guess what? We were not talking about publishing and we were not talking about writing. We were talking about primal screaming and the nervous system and using your phone too much and healing. And that's the stuff that I really love talking about. And I was listening to a podcast recently about healing the nervous system, which again, I'm on this big like nervous system kick. And the woman who was speaking, she just floored me with this very simple sentence. She was like, you know, why do we know more about the Kardashians than we do our own bodies? Why are we taught to memorize state flowers, but we don't even know how our autonomic nervous system works? Why do our, you know, do we learn about branches of the government, which I guess in some capacity you do need to know, <laughs> but we do not know how to regulate our own nervous system. And I've been talking about, you know, I'm in fight or flight, I'm in sympathetic, my sympathetic nervous system, I need to be in my parasympathetic. And I've been learning that there are all these other facets, all these other identities of your nervous system that I didn't even know about. There's something called fawn, where you are stuck in a pattern of pleasing others so much so that you kind of ignore yourself. There is the dorsal nervous system that is a step beyond the sympathetic nervous system where you just shut down and become very apathetic because that is how much your body is trying to protect you. You are in complete shutdown mode. There is freeze mode, which I think I actually am in probably more than my sympathetic state where I have so much going on and there's so many ideas and I want to do X, Y, and Z. And instead of doing any of it, I kind of freeze 
and just put it off and like, okay, well, I'll get to that eventually. So there are all these other facets of who we are and how our bodies work that we don't even know. And when talking about identity, why do we identify as he, him, she, her, they, them, instead of looking at what is going on inside our human bodies? Why are we saying, I'm a CEO, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a nonprofit organizer, I'm an author, instead of leading with the humanity first? When we switched this podcast to the Real Story podcast, we did want to talk about real shit. We wanted to get to the humanity that exists in all of us that we somehow have outsourced into all these little fragments and pieces and parts of of who we are and how we identify. But when we start to identify as just the mom or just the business owner or just the employee, we start paying attention to trivial shit that does not help us on our journey. It doesn't get to the core of what you really need, how you really feel, and how you might actually want to show up in the world. It's this just story that we tell ourselves and all the things that we have to pay attention to. And this is what it means to be a business owner. And it's going to look like this. And you have to do these things. And this is how you're going to, this is what, what it means to be spiritual. Or this is what it means to be religious. Or this is what you have to do if you're in public school. Or, you know, the the list just continues And it's so exhausting. My husband and I were sitting, having our morning coffee chat this morning, just like looking at the list of stuff we had to do today, which should be a day of rest. I'm recording this on a Sunday. It should be a day of rest. And instead, we have a laundry list a mile long of all of these external things that loop into the identification identities that we have attached to that have to get done in order for our household to even work. And sometimes I think about the people who just have had enough of like this hamster wheel. You know, I I decided I did not want to work in a normal nine to five so I could get off that hamster wheel and going around and around and like chasing my own tail, essentially. And instead, I have created a new hamster wheel with a new set of problems and it, it to what to what end to what effect we are all so exhausted and so burned out and so depleted from what's going on in the world from the lack of true nourishment uh and that goes for what we're putting in our mouths what we're putting in our minds what we're putting in our ears We are not being nourished on a fundamental level because we don't even know ourselves enough to know what we need for true nourishment. Until you know who you are, how your body works and what you really need, you could be the best damn, you know, salesperson on the planet. But at the end of the day, (laughs) are you going to feel truly at peace? Do you know how to deal with your own anxiety? Do you know that 
when your mind is racing so much and you sit down to meditate, that that's actually the worst thing that you could do, that you don't need to be still with your thoughts, that you need to get up and move your body and open your mouth and use your voice or go for a walk. There are all these different ways to cope with what we're feeling or what we're refusing to feel because our bodies, our systems are always going to keep us running on a loop. They are in perfect harmony. They know exactly what to do. And I was talking to a friend recently whose podcast I was on called, um, the podcast is called Amstigator. Her name is Lauren Lowry. She's actually a news anchor here in Nashville. And this is just a common story that I am so fucking tired of hearing from women that, and I, I don't mean I, I'm not angry at women. I just hate that we have to tell the story that that this is what happens in order for us to have to rest. So Lauren is a total badass. She is also a manifester in her human design. She is a total go-getter and is very attached to productivity. Productivity is life. And she recently had a really scary health incident that resulted in a couple of surgeries and hospital stays. And it took her having to be in the hospital, removed from everything, that she could get still and quiet and even get in touch with herself and enough to know what she was feeling or what she really needed. And it's something that I hear all the time, like during COVID even, like so many women I know thought COVID was a gift because it got them to finally rest. It got them to rest. We are not resting. We are running, 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 identifying here, identifying there, doing this, doing that. And at the end of the day, we're so exhausted that all we can do is sit in front of the TV, scroll on our phones, eat bad food, drink alcohol, go to bed, don't sleep well, get up in the morning and do it all over again. And somehow we've just all bought into this. And somehow it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Our younger generation are, I mean, more depressed, more anxious, more medicated, more exhausted than they've ever been. And, you know, I was thinking recently, like I am someone who grew up Outside, I grew up in nature every day, playing, not attached to electronics. And what I am experiencing, the the fatigue, the burnout, the adrenals being shot, not really feeling nourished, even when I am intentionally doing all of this work, what is that really saying about how we have set up our day-to-day? And when are we going to decide that this is not okay. And that, guess what? You get to identify however you want. I am an author, but I am also a human who is deeply exploring the power of my own body and mind. And I feel like we forget that is the most basic, fundamental piece of information that we have, how powerful we are as we are. We're as valuable right now as we're ever going to be. 
We don't have to do anything. We don't have to announce ourselves as anything. We don't have to prove anything. And that is the biggest lesson I have learned and continue to learn. You do not have to prove anything to anyone, period. And I really challenge everyone the next time they're in a social gathering or, you know, you go to an event and you meet someone or a group of people, don't ask them what they do. Don't ask them how they identify. Come up with another fun question to really connect on a deeper level and see how that resonates within you. Thank you guys so much for listening As always, please, please, please take just a few minutes. Leave us a review. It would mean so much. Don't forget to sign up either to the rightwayco.com newsletter or the reafry.com newsletter. Until next week, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.